Minimalism is the movement that encourages you to live with less. Less stuff, less possessions, less clutter, and find more joy and more time to focus on what matters. So what is minimalish? It's the grace-filled way of doing the same thing. Sustainable, realistic minimalism that actually makes sense for your life. The Minimalish Podcast is here to help you make life lighter realistically. I'm your host, Desiree, and my passion is to help you create room for what matters to you by cutting the clutter and excess stuff in your home and your life. It's not just about decluttering and having a tidy home, but about how having less stuff will give you more time and more space to focus on creating the life you actually want to live. We'll talk about topics of minimalism, motherhood, simple, intentional living, and everything in between here on the show each week. Let's walk towards simple together. Hi, friend. Welcome back to the Minimalish Podcast. Today's episode is another coffee date episode, which I now do once a month on the last Friday of the month. And today I am talking with my friend, Adrian Davidson. So coffee date episodes are really just for fun. I ask a set number of questions and we just talk about life in general. And sometimes we talk a little bit about a topic that is specific to that guest. And today, since my friend Adrian is super passionate about the zero waste movement, I had her talk about that a little bit as well. So that's what you can expect today on the show. These coffee date episodes are super fun and I really hope that you're enjoying them. You can let me know that you are by just sharing the show. You can screenshot yourself listening in right now and share it on your Instagram story, tag me or send it to me. Let me know that you're enjoying it. All right, friend. So let me tell you a little bit about Adrian before we get started. I met Adrian through Instagram, actually. I've been really inspired by her posts about her family's zero waste journey. She's really passionate about minimalism and she is a waste reduction advocate, like I said. After she and her family lived as a military family and juggled the difficulties of moving and and low income, her and her family had to look deeply into what brought them joy and comfort. She now lives modestly and smartly in North Buffalo and continues to make strides to effectively reduce her waste, practice environmentalism, and curate her home to meet her family's needs. So today we are talking all about a lot of different things, but I do want to note that at the end, Adrian gives a lot of great tips on working towards a lower waste lifestyle. So if you've been interested in zero waste at all, grab a pen and paper because you're going to want to jot down the different recommendations that she makes as they fit you and your family towards the end of this podcast episode. All right, let's jump into this coffee date with Adrian, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so Adrian, if we were for real, like face to face drinking coffee, which I wish we could be, um, what what are you drinking? Like on a coffee date, what are you gonna go and order? If you have a favorite coffee shop and you have like a specific drink, even talk about that. I well, I really into there's this place in, in Buffalo called Public Espresso, and I'm like I'm I go there all the time for their hash bowl because <laughs> they make like this amazing hash bowl that I have like with my coffee. So. Um, and then also where I work it has really great drinks. But normally I'm at our local co-op just getting their 50 cent fair trade coffee between 7 a.m. and 9 a.m. And uh, there's a specific blend called um, Love Buzz that I really love. <laughs> and I either drink it black with or a little bit of soy milk. But if I'm on like a coffee date and we're somewhere that has like fancy drinks, if I'm feeling saucy, I'll get like a soy matcha latte. I That's like been- my thing. 
I've been loving matcha lately. And it's funny because I liked it a long, like a long time ago when I was in college and then I haven't drank it in forever. And now I feel like it's everywhere. And I'm like, this is amazing. (laughs) It's yeah. It feels like a, I, it's such a silly way to say, but I, it feels like such a, um, like a cleaner caffeination. I like with, when I'm drinking coffee, like I love the taste of coffee. And I always say to people that like coffee is a whole mood for me. Cause I'll go to the co-op and I'll pick out the beans and I'll grind them and get them in my jar and use my French press or my pour over. It's just such a mood for me. But like, if I'm not, it's like matcha has been like, um, my, my, uh, out of the house drink. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't do, I don't really make it at home. Like that's like my special like treat when I'm out is to get like a a soy matcha latte. My second question for you is I want to know something that you're loving or it's like making your life better right now. You can't stop talking about it. I actually asked this question on normal episodes too. And it's one of my favorite questions because people just, it's always so different depending on the person. So what's something you're loving? Something that I cannot stop talking about is finding your rhythm in your home. It's something that I absolutely swear by, like having like a daily rhythm has been so life-changing for our family. Cause I've noticed that especially with like kids like Lucy that have some special needs, having like the comp, the comfort and the, like the um, confidence of knowing what to expect day to day has been huge. And people are like, I feel like my day is chaos. I feel like we're just kind of like flying by the seat of our pants day to day. I don't, you know, I don't know what's going. My kids are, are, are feeling um, frustrated because they don't know what's going on. And I'm like, find your rhythm, like find your perfect rhythm for your family. And like for us, I have a rhythm board up in my dining room. So Lucy knows Monday's chore day. Shane does the laundry on Sundays. We sort the laundry together on Mondays. We put it away. She helps me dust. I mop. I do dishes. We can start the week in a clean, organized house. Tuesday, we do baking, whether it be making a cake, baking bread, you know, anything to help her get some of like that heavy work. And Wednesday um, is today. So that's storytelling day. Thursday is painting day. Friday is in the kitchen. She helps me make dinner. Saturday is dadder day because I work. So she spends the the day with Shane and then Sunday is our family day. So as we are transitioning from a spring to a summer rhythm, that's going to change. There's going to be more outdoor things, library time because she won't be in school, you know, a lot more family connectedness because she'll be with us instead of being in school. Um, So I'm excited to switch from that spring to that summer rhythm, but finding that rhythm that makes it's, I I can only describe it as having like a harmonious buzz in our home. Everything just feels like it's in place. Everything feels right. It's like I can breathe. I don't feel like I'm like I'm I'm just kind of like chaotic like what am I doing like it's it's and it's more flexible to me than a routine um it, it allows for some flexibility with it not being like a big deal um and it's just kind of like a it's just kind of like a good gentle flow that you feel through throughout your home and um the other thing that I'm super into right now is as far as like you know, toddlers and eating is, um, I've discovered the division of responsibility of eating. Okay. And it has has been so amazing as far as like getting Lucy to try new things. We do everything family style now. So, um, it's normally just me and Lucy for dinner. Shane's home for dinner on Saturdays and Sundays because he works second shift all week, but I serve everything family style. 
and I give Lucy some, well, not just Lucy, but me too, good, you know, healthy options. We've got a grain, a protein, a fruit, a veggie, and I set it all out. And then she just decides what she wants and how much she wants of each thing. So um, it's just up to me to trust that she knows how to self-regulate herself in that way. And it has helped her eat more and choose things she wouldn't have chosen before. And um, it kind of gives children um, a sense of control when they don't feel like they're in control. It helps them um, gain some autonomy over their eating choices. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a big girl. I can do this myself. I can serve myself. And I've just watched her, her confidence blossom. That's so cool. I love that. I never really thought, I mean, how old is, how old is Lucy? She's three and a half. Okay. Because even like, I was trying to think through what that would look like. I have now I just say she's closer to two than one. She's 20 months, but, um, but I even was thinking like, okay, she can't really verbalize what she would want, but like, she tells me what she wants. You know what I mean? She still knows how to tell me what she wants. Um, so, and I really like to give her that ability. Like I like to put that responsibility on her and and give her choices. So that would be really cool because dinner time is so hard. It's so hard. All right. So what is something that you're struggling with right now? Just kind of curating our ideal life right now. Like we're trying to figure out, stay in the city. Do we buy a little bit of land? Like Shane was in the military. So we, we have access to a VA loan and with that VA loan, we can buy a little bit of land and build on it. Um, but there are some restrictions as far as like tiny houses go, like you can't, they can't be like your permanent residence can't be on wheels and it can't be under a certain square footage. Our apartment right now is 650 square feet and we are very happy with that size. So that would be within like the regulations. So I think it's just, it's so hard to be on top of your neighbors, especially when you have a sensory kid who melts down sometimes and will just scream at the top of her lungs and you don't want to disrupt your neighbors, of course. And it's just, I've had to talk to them and be like, I'm sorry if, you know, she's disrupting you, but it's like, I don't want to have to apologize for her. You know, I don't want to have to like, cause it's like, it's not a kid free world. It's never going to be. But at the same time, it's like, I know you work really early in the morning and she, I'm sorry that she's, or you really work, you work late at night. So you're sleeping during the day. I'm sorry that she's being, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, we're trying to, we, our dream is to have like a little bit of land, a small house and just turn it into like a homestead. We want to have a garden and I want to make bread with Lucy on Sundays and I would love to homeschool her and, you know, just have this like peaceful little existence where we're just kind of like in society, but not really at the same same time. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just kind of like removing ourselves from like the hustle and bustle of everyday life and just kind of slowing down. Like slow living is so ideal for me because I don't, I, you know, I prefer to take my days slowly like that. I like to have slow mornings. I like to have slow afternoons. And, you know, we, we find a lot of comfort in just enjoying the time. And I think that it'd be so much easier to do that out of the city where, you know, in the city, things are so, you know, it is a hustle and a bustle and a buzz in the city. And, and I mean, like I said, I love the accessibility of the city, but I love the quietness of not being here and just kind of like having this, this peaceful little existence where, you know, we can just, you know, exist and, and, and love what we're doing. And we're trying to challenge this whole, you know, shame doesn't have to be gone 50 hours a week for us to survive. We can simplify more. We can live, you know, we can live 
this simple life where we're not, you know, a slave to a mortgage, we're not a slave to um, a car payment, we don't have to worry about, you know, bringing in thousands of dollars every month where, you know, we can build our, our home and not have to pay for it every month, you know, just paying the taxes on the property. At this point in our lives, we're, we're saying, and we're putting our foot down and we're setting this boundary where it's like, this is not currently working and that's okay. And we're trying to figure out how we can fix that so that what is appropriate for our family can become reality. So right now we're struggling with the, how do we get started? Yeah. And I'm sure like people can relate to that as we were in that place, probably like a couple months prior to, you know, it's, it's about a year ago that we moved to our current home and we were kind of in, in that same place of like, we like our current home. We love our friends. We like where we're living in a lot of ways. Like Charlottesville, where we were, is so beautiful. And Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and like the suburbs of Pittsburgh, where we are right now, is not, it's just not nearly as beautiful. I mean, it's just like industrial, I don't know, post-industrial. I don't even know what to call it. But Pittsburgh in general, like the city is really cool. It's growing um I think in popularity and people come here and they're like, I love Pittsburgh and we love Pittsburgh too. The culture is really unique. That's what I love about Buffalo too. The culture is so unique here and it's yeah. such an inclusive, diverse place. And I love that. Um, and, but it, it, it's almost like, cause I remember being a kid and like my parents bring me into the city cause I, I was born here. I was grew up here and it being such a special occasion, like going to all the shops and going out to eat and stuff. And it's like, I kind of want like the magic of that back because I think yeah. sometimes when you're living it, it kind of like loses its sparkle a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it's um, it's such like a God. I love being here, but also I want to be somewhere. Else. Right. <laughs> like it's, you know, it's yeah. such, and that's I struggle. I struggle with it a lot. It is. It's hard, and it's it's a struggle to I think make that decision and then like take action on it, and especially mm-hmm. when it's not really it's not necessarily like a job related decision because that's easy, right? Like, Oh, we have to do for a job. I mean, it's not easy, but it's like, it's almost like I, we have to make this decision. It might be made for you. Right. But it's like, this is like a lifestyle choice. And sometimes like for us, it was like, we're moving without jobs because like, this is just the life we want. And if we don't take that step, it's not going to happen. That's why I said to Shane and I'm like, I'm kind of tired of this. Oh, someday I'm going to be 34. Like when is, when is someday going to be now? Like, I think that we need to just jump on it. So yes, I mean, not that 34 is old, but I feel, I feels like that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I know what you mean. It's, but still like, you know, you can, you can be 64 and make a change and it will like be all the better. But at the same time, if you're 34 and you want to make that change and you're just thinking someday, like life's short, we just don't know you know, you don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah. Okay. So I love that conversation. Um, now <laughs> I want to know, I want to know on a totally different note, um, what is something that you are reading, watching, listening to anything like that? Um, I finished, um, the Netflix show dead to me, which is like probably one of the best shows that I've seen ever. It is so good. Like they couldn't have cast it better. I don't know if any if you've seen it. It is. Oh, I haven't. 
Oh my God. I almost watched the entire series just in one sitting. I mean, I couldn't obviously, <laughs> but like, I was like finding myself like, Oh my God, I can sit down and watch a couple episodes. Like, and I don't really get like that with TV. And I was so hooked on this show. And it was like so many twists and turns and things that like, you just didn't see coming. I was just all about it. And then also I, I always look forward to, um, Superstore is. Okay. I see. I've watched, I like have caught the beginning of that and I was like, it's so funny. And then I just never followed up with it. So I feel like I need to watch it. Put it, put it on your list. And then (laughs) something that, um, I'm reading right now. Um, my, my best friend and I have like, um, a nature group in the summertime for um, parents and their children. We do like nature-based activities every week, but it's also a book club. We're starting in June. We're going to read Braiding Sweetgrass. And um, I am very much looking forward to reading that. But right now um, I am reading three different books at the same time, just because that's how I am. I'm reading, um, I'm rereading um, Beyond the Rainbow Bridge, Nurturing Your Child from Birth to Seven. Um, I'm reading a book called The Green Witch. And it's like about like herbalism and like, you know, learning about herbalism and just being like a quote unquote kitchen witch and like brewing and fermenting. <laughs> and then also I have a book called urban homesteading that I'm really into that. I'm like just flipping through and taking notes on how to like, you know, start our little homestead and stuff. So like depending on my mood, I'll pick up one of those books. I read a bunch of different books at once as well. My problem right now is I have that Libby app from the live from my library. I don't know mm-hmm. if you're familiar. Um, so I keep putting things on hold and I'm like, they all come at the same time. I'm like, this is not good. It tells me that they are going to be coming like at different times. And then I'm really ambitious too and think that I can finish these things in 21 days, which is false. I can't. So what is something that you're simplifying right now? This is also another question I always ask. So I had to throw it in here. My wardrobe. Um, I, I had it simplified and I simplified it even more. I'm down to 17 hangers now. So I'm like super excited with how like simple it is and how I'm just kind of like curating like a wardrobe where like all the pieces that I have can be like intermixed and everything like that. And then I went into Lucy's room and I did the same thing with her stuff because it's like, why do we have so many clothes for you? Like, oh my gosh, it's just like just inundated with clothes and she won't wear half the pants because of her, her sensory stuff. She just won't because she feels like her pants are never tight enough. So I'm like, well, pants got to go. Now we're dresses and rompers. So I went to um, the thrift store and picked up a bunch of stuff for her. I try to be as conscious a consumer as I can. And I um, have, uh, I'm super into um, some, some like, um, there's some shops on Instagram that are like ethical, slow, were you know, slow fashion places yeah. where they're like, you know, sewn by like this one person, hand dyed natural materials, ethically, ethically sourced cotton, da, 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 da. So I have a few pieces from those kinds of things when I can afford it. So I like to have those in my wardrobe, but mostly I thrift and um, we go to our, our favorite thrift store Savers and it's insane to me because like 26 billion pounds of like usable textiles get thrown in the landfill every year that like people are just throwing out and it's so much more it's so much more sustainable to go and buy secondhand you know where your money's going um you know you're you're helping nonprofits and you're keeping clothes out of the landfill. And it just makes so much more sense to me to like buy something that's new to me 
at a thrift store and like new to Shane, new to Lucy and, and have these closets that are a lot more sustainable that aren't putting harm on the environment. And, you know, that just is in line with our, our zero waste mission and also our, our, our environmentalism. So like every, it's, you know, and it sounds crazy, but like every decision we make is based on how is this going to affect the planet. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's been, it, it's a lifestyle, you know, it's just like if, if you're, you know, you're completely changing your life in, in a healthy a- aspect, you know, you have to change your life completely from the inside out. And it's the same way. If you want to start like looking into lessening your waste or being more of an environmentalist, you know, everything that we do has an impact. Right. And that's, you know, and it's like a wardrobe is a really good way to start that. Yeah. And you know, what is interesting, um, with, I think like with minimalism and, and zero waste, and we're going to talk about, I want to pick your brain on that in a second. Um, but like how you said, we have to change our lives. Um, from the inside out and like change everything about them what I think is interesting and what I've been thinking is like it it can work from the inside out and then it can also work from the outside in which is like what I have seen with minimalism I always thought because and we were talking about this like before where you started hitting record um it's just like because of my faith like I have a really strong faith and I always thought like you change from the inside and then it like shows in your life on the outside. And so like, that's what I always thought. Um, but the biggest life change that has really happened for me as of lately in my adult life, at least, um, has been through minimalism. And like, we just kind of dove in to, we want like, yes, it was kind of, I mean, we had to make the decision inwardly, but we kind of just saw, it was like such a quick decision for us. We saw the promise in it and then we're like, we're doing this. And, and there was no real, like, this is going to, you know, eventually make us like live the life we actually want to live. Like I didn't think about that, but like, that's, that's how it started was just like from the outside. So, and I think like with zero waste, which is something that I am totally like, I, it's not that I'm new to it and I've learned about it and I've had, um, others talk about it on the show, but it's something that has felt like a block for me. Like it's been, I mean, I've made small changes, but I'm like, I would love to make more changes and I of don't know if ever go like fully. Zero, I mean, zero waste is like, I, I would say the going completely zero waste is impossible. Yeah. Low, low waste is a lot more accessible. Right. Um, you know, it's like, I think that any of these little changes that people are making, it it matters. It all matters, you know? And, and I, I like, I always say to people that I am privileged enough that I can go to bulk store. I can go and get my bulk at stores and I can, I've got access to all of these things that replace plastic. And, you know, I, always say that I do my part so that people who need and rely on these single use plastics can access them because in no way do I want my, you know, environmentalism or my, you know, diving into zero waste to come off as ableist in any way, because there are, are people who absolutely need, you know, the straws that people, they need the single use plastics. They need, you know, fruits that are peeled for them and packaged. Like these are things that people really do need and they need access to. If I'm doing what I can, where I can, that makes these things a lot more accessible to other people. It's a lot, you know, it's like, if I'm lessening my plastic waste, then that waste medical, you know, things that are one-time use that are plastic medical waste. If we're, if the people who are able-bodied can do more, 
it lessens plastic altogether because of these, because of like the things that need to be used. It, it, it becomes less as a whole yeah. in the landfill. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes so much sense because it's like, I think what has, I mean, I've made small changes, but like, I think that what has tripped me up is that idea of like, I feel like I need to go all in. You know what I mean? Like, Mm-mm. no, you do not. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. Just the thought of like, you know, do as much as you can. And I think probably I would assume that it's kind of like a domino effect. Absolutely. And we don't need everyone doing it perfectly. We need so many people to get on board to make these small changes just to lessen the, the impact on the landfill. I, I, I don't expect anybody to only have a mason jar of garbage at the end of the month. Like that is just, I mean, it's not possible for so many people. I, I couldn't imagine, you know, expecting everyone to do it at that level. These small changes matter and they mean a lot. And the fact that anyone sits back and says, you know what, I can recognize that this is a problem. We have to do something. Let's do our part. That's a big deal to sit and say, you know, we, we should make this change and then do it. I, I think it's a pl- I think it deserves applause and I think it's a big deal. Okay. So I want to know some, a couple things about like your zero waste um, sure. journey. And the one thing I wanted to ask you is I know we talked before about this and you kind of talked about how you really started this um, at least when you were on a pretty tight budget. And I was putting together like a little bin of some things to have, you know, for zero waste. I was looking at some of your posts. I was like, okay, uh, what does green do? And I need to do this. And I'm like, (laughs) I feel like there's always been in my mind, this idea that like, I need to have certain things that I just don't have yet to get started. So how did you start on a budget? So funny enough, we became minimalists because we were low income. And we had to really dig deep to decide, you know, what really matters to us. You don't need to buy the next greatest, best thing. Let's be happy with what we have. That's how minimalism started for us. And same thing with zero waste. It was like, we want to um, lessen our waste. How do we do this? You do not need to go out and replace all of your plastic stuff with like glass things. You don't, you don't have to do that. You can reuse these things. Reusing, reducing, recycling. If you had, like when I, before I started making yogurt, I would get, you know, the small cups of yogurt, like either silk or so delicious or whatever. I have a bunch of them stacked up. Those are great to use for like starting seedlings for a garden. Like that's a way to reuse that, you know, like, um, just something as simple as like, I think that what really was the catalyst for me was that like, there's the, there's the subscription called mighty fix. And every month they send you like an environmentally friendly thing. I had a free month. And the first thing they sent me was produce bags. So produce bags was like the first thing that I really started using. Yeah. To reduce my plastic. You can get a set of like 12 for four ninety nine at target now. And it's like, instead of like grabbing one of those green plastic bags, every time you're going to buy a couple of apples, you know, it's so much easier just to grab like this cloth bag and just put it in there. That's a huge way to reduce plastic. Canvas grocery bag. Shane got me a set of five on Amazon. I think it was like $15 to get like some really heavy, thick canvas bags to put, put our groceries in. You know, those are like the two big things that were like, this is going to save so much plastic because for whatever reason, when you go to the grocery store, they put like one thing per bag and then you get home and you have 96 plastic bags and you're like, what am I going to do with all of these bags? Right. (laughs) Or like they double bag them sometimes. And they double bag them. And yeah. So, and if I do 
uh, for any reason, forget a bag. I always ask for paper because I can recycle a paper bag. You cannot recycle. It is impossible. It's next to impossible to, re to recycle soft plastics. Like 9% of what gets put in recycling bins actually gets recycled. Yeah. And it's like there are certain numbers that can be recycled and there are certain numbers that can't be recycled. And it's just like they, they don't make it like feasible to be able to recycle things. So it's like, why are you giving us so much plastic that we can't recycle? What are we supposed to do with these things? Then it gets put in the landfill. And it's like, even as like being on a tight budget, like, you know, a $20 startup to get some bags and some produce bags. You know, that's, right. that's a huge, huge way to reduce plastic. And I think after that, we switched from plastic toothbrushes to bamboo. And then I just kind of looked at my kitchen and said, where am I bringing in the most plastic? And how can I replace it with something a little more sustainable without having to like spend a bunch of money? Because that was not what I wanted to do. I did not want to spend a bunch of money because for me, zero waste isn't about like a perfectly curated pantry. My jars that I go to get, my bulk, they're pickle jars, they're jelly jars, they're mason right. jars that I've had for 15 years, you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe not that long, but like, I didn't run out and buy a bunch of new stuff because I didn't have to, because it's like reusing things is all around you. You know, I, I sometimes um, get fearful that people think that it needs to look a certain way, but it just needs to look the way it looks for you. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it does not have to be perfect. It doesn't have to cost you a lot of money. Yeah. You know? You know, and I think it's important to know that, like, especially with minimalism, minimalism doesn't look one way. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be in a big house to be a minimalist. You can live in a van and be a minimalist. And you can be very happy in either of those situations. And you can curate it to how it makes you happy. And that's okay. Because everybody has different things that make them happy. But I think it's just so important for people to know that you don't have to, like you don't have to replace everything you own like every couple of months. You don't buy, you know, glass Tupperware, you can get reusable bags, you can get reusable straws, you can get, you know, stasher bags instead of Ziploc baggies. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful that anyone is waking up, paying attention and wanting to make changes. I applaud every change that every person makes just because it looks a certain way for me does not mean that anyone has to do that too. And I think it's so important to be like, wherever your comfort level is, that's where you need to be. Do not push yourself. Do not make yourself crazy. Do not compare. Do not say I need to do this because this looks pretty like that's, that is not the point. It's not a competition of whose pantry looks nicer. We have yeah. to do what we can where we can. Like it's not a competition of who's doing it prettier and, and working together at work at this common goal to try and make sure that, you know, we don't lose the only planet that we live on because it's important for us to leave a planet that is functioning for the next generation. It's, it's imperative. This isn't, a, I mean, it's not important because, you know, who's doing it better. It's important because we need somewhere to live. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. we, don't, we don't have another planet to go to. I just can't stress it enough that these little changes are really huge and they make a difference when a bunch of people are doing them because I do not want anybody to ever think like I'm not doing enough because you are the fact that you sat down and said I recognize that there's a crisis happening right now with the environment and I need to do something about it is huge and that needs to be applauded anybody who wants to try and make it better is doing enough it's so encouraging to just think like it's almost scary that like the the planet is 
in our hands, like, but at the it same is. time, it's encouraging because we can make a difference. Even our small things can make a difference. Well, I want to ask you though, before we kind of wrap up our coffee date, sure. sadly, sure, sure, sure. Um, I wanted I to ask you um, what your biggest tips are in starting zero waste. So I know like what you've already said with on a budget, like that was, that's super helpful. Do you have any other tips if like someone wants to get started? You know, just look into like, um, like your community, see if you have like curbside compost pickup, like that's like a big way to start, you know, getting rid of some of the garbage. Cause I know a lot of garbage that, you know, we were throwing out was just food, you know, and yeah. things that can be composted using what you have, um, making things like we make our laundry soap. I found that like just cooking at home more was a big way to stop using so much waste. Replacing things like bamboo toothbrushes was a big thing. And that was super cheap. I think we got like a pack of 12 for like $10 or something. Yeah. So now we just have a bunch of toothbrushes in the house, the produce bags, the grocery bags. Um, you know, we are lucky enough to have um, a co-op where we can get things in bulk. Whole Foods has things in bulk. Bring some jars, have them weigh it, and then fill it up, and then you're only paying for what's inside the jar, you know. And it's it's these little tiny changes, like you know, using a reusable straw. Like you said, I mean, you guys, you have reusable straws now. I love drinking cold water out of a metal straw. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like it feels really good to me, like like yeah. because it feels like super cold when I'm drinking it. I really like that. Um, go to your farmers, your local farmers markets if you have them. You know, support your local farmers you know, and, and, and bring bags and stuff and, and just have fun with it and get people involved and tell people and and have your family on board and get, you know, just make it a family thing, make it part of your rhythm to just be like, how can we reduce waste as a family? Start a garden. If you have somewhere where you can have a garden, try and grow your food. You know, it's just, I mean, what a fun thing to do as a family. Like there are just so many different ways that you can make the planet better. I mean, even if you plant wildflowers to help the bees, the bees are so important to our ecosystem. Right. You know, and, and it's like, it's a big, I mean, just, just making all of those little small changes and, and being more mindful and, and being like, you know what, I can do this. This is accessible. This is not hard. This is not as intimidating as I thought it was going to be. Like, it's not, I promise it's not. I mean, you don't have to do it perfectly. Like I said, you know, just do what you can, where you can, every, every effort counts. Those are such helpful encouragements. It's so nice to hear, uh, you know, perspectives that are non-judgmental and, you know, full of grace and full of like just encouragement like yours. So thank you for that. Thank you. I just, I want it to be an encouraging thing and I want it to be an approachable and accessible thing because I think that, you know, people think that they have to do it perfectly or they shouldn't do it at all. And it's not, that's not the case. I promise that's not the case. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this was a fun coffee date. (laughs) It was. I'm so sad it's over. I absolutely loved chatting with Adrienne. She is just such a kind and genuine person. And I just loved her advice on zero waste. I feel like she makes it sound attainable for anyone to at least just move towards less waste in some way, shape, or form. I love the grace that she gives when she talks about it and just the fact that, you know, any small change, it really does add up. It really does matter. I think we can make that excuse and think that our little changes aren't making an impact. 
but it, it does. It makes an impact. Small change is still change. All right, friend, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Once again, I really hope you're liking these coffee dates and I cannot wait to talk to you next week on the show. I will be talking with Rachel of Sage Parenting and we're going to be talking about homeschooling a bit. We'll be talking about gentle parenting and approaching some topics that honestly we have not talked about on the show before. So I am super excited for that one and I think you're going to love it. So don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss that one. All right, friend, I will talk to you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.